0: Welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. My name is Pat Sorois. We're a bi-monthly podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at LCS Podcast and on TikTok at Lie, Cheat, Steal Podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to us, and you can also subscribe to our Patreon, where we post two more episodes every month. That's at patreon.com slash cheat, and steal. Anyways, as always, I'm here with my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Kath, how you doing?
1: Hi, Pat. Uh, I'm okay. I'm, uh, if, if anyone is... Watching the Zoom feed of this, I'm in a weird place. I'm cat sitting uh, upstate right now and uh, in the beautiful Hudson Valley. And uh, it's gorgeous up here. It's awesome. The weather's perfect. And within about an hour of getting here, I realized that I am very sick. So uh, I am like pretty much unable to do any of the stuff that I thought I was going to be able to do. Uh, While well, I was up here because I'm uh, I'm dying, so Ugh. I'm sorry if I seem weird this episode, uh, listeners. It's because I'm dying. So yeah. this is our last episode. Uh, R. I. P. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Kath is normally not dying on our podcast, and that's
1: typically bi- I'm I'm not dying. Generally, it's been
0: speaking. a big selling point, and I do feel bad that we're letting y'all down. But no, I'm su- <laughs> I'm, it sucks that you're like not feeling good up there in uh, in beautiful upstate New York. Which I would imagine is glorious this time of year.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Like, I wake up and it's, like, 68 degrees and then it gets warm during the day. It'd be, like, perfect weather for, like, a morning hike and a swim and, like, all that good stuff. Uh, But, yeah, I'm just, like, fucking beat. I'm so tired. Um, Yeah, we were supposed to record two episodes tonight and I, like, literally was, like, I can't do one of mine because I don't have enough voice left. So... Yeah, man. I'm, uh, that... Again, I'm letting everybody down. I apologize, but no, it is no, it is pretty not. up here. If you can make the trip, uh, you should do it. It's a it's a nice place.
0: <laughs> well, we're here. How for How are you, yet. Pat? I'm doing good. I worked today. Um, I had to, I had to stop by uh, and run some errands at uh the favorite uh bar where all of our friends hang out. And I got, I saw like a blast from our past. I saw a lot of our old friends, Cat Ramzinski and Trace Holt stopped by, and it was just very fun. Wow. Yeah, got a chance to see them and uh, little mini
1: high school reunion from yeah, comedy yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like six years ago.
0: Yeah, it was cool, man. It was, it was cool. We had a good time. So your cat sitting. How, how's the cat?
1: The cat is great. You actually you missed him. He came and uh, basically walked all over my keyboard when we were setting up. But you were not in the in the Zoom room. You can actually see him. He is now sleeping on that pillow. Oh, back there.
0: I see the back of those. He's ears, that little baby. gray blob. Aww. Well.
1: He's a he's an old Nothing. man. He's yeah. very he's a he's a sweetie pie. He's very yeah. nice. He has like disgusting old cat breath though. That's like the one, <laughs> the one thing because like he's super sweet. He's really affectionate. He's like very well behaved. Uh, but his breath is real stinky. Oh, so.
0: uh, he's like man, my breath smells like some shit I ate in two thousand and nine. Exactly. Yeah,
1: and he farts a lot too. That's the other thing. He's just like very smelly for oh, a
0: Man, I don't know. There's something about a farty, smelly old cat that, like, I mean, yeah, I can imagine not wanting to be around it, but there's there's an endearing quality about that. They win
1: you over. They do win you over. Yeah. They have their own charm.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, so there is, uh, we have apartment cats that run around here, and uh, Sid, my girlfriend, has started, like, Or in the mornings, you know, like we usually let our dogs, we'll let them out for like a quick pee out, you know, not a full walk, just like a little, hey, go outside. None of the Mm -hmm. big fucking horse dogs that everybody else owns are outside yet. So y'all can go outside, do your thing. And there's a little uh, apartment cat that started coming around that she started calling Mimo. And he she goes Mimo goes on like a two week rotation. So then it'll be like no Mimo, and then it'll be like Mimo for like three days. <laughs> and then there's no MIMO again.
1: Mimo's and, making the rounds, yeah. Yeah, really yeah.
0: Mimo, Mimo is playing everybody else in this apartment for fucking beef cubes. <laughs> totally. <they're> like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's man. the other
1: thing. That's like the main thing about So first of all, also, um, technically she's on sabbatical right now so it's not like a conflict of professional interest but i'm i'm cat sitting for my boss my like oh so it's like you definitely don't want to fuck up when you're cat sitting for anyone but you especially don't want to fuck up when it's your boss's cat (laughs) so and like we're upstate so uh there's bears and stuff so like i really cannot let this cat out Yeah. (laughs) really like (laughs) You're like, the, wh- I'm not gonna, but I'm just like, man, if the pressure was ever on, it's to not <laughs> get my boss's cat eaten by a bear. So. What is your What is your boss's cat's name? Uh, his name is Will.
0: Will. I, I was, yeah. was going to say Weekend at Will's, but that's actually not that funny. But, like, yeah, if anything happens, <laughs> you're going to be like, oh, no, Will's doing great. <laughs>
1: Will's great. He's just tired. He's not moving so much. He's got yeah.
0: sunglasses. He's out by the pool. <laughs> the, yes, there's a party going on, but... Oh uh, well, I do. I do love a a, a good old resilient cat. Um, let's see. I, I you know for a little bit of a, a of, of a segue, I guess I could talk about um, just resilient old things. And I, I think a big resilient okay. old thing in this country is capitalism. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's still kicking.
1: And I <laughs> wanted to talk
0: today. Wouldn't about, say it's
1: thriving, but it is still. It is still staggering onward.
0: It's still alive. Yeah. It's like, you know, like like when somebody's drowning and then you go out and save the drowning victim and they pull you down too. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's going mm-hmm. on. They're still very much alive. They're fighting for breath, but it's at your expense. Yeah. And <laughs> that's what's happening. Today we're talking about something a little topical. I want to talk about, I want to phrase this correctly because uh, I want to talk about Ocean Gate CEO Stockton Rush. Uh, I don't necessarily want to talk about the Titan Submersible, although we will. And I is, don't wait, is
1: the company really called Ocean Gate?
0: Yes, Ocean Gate. It was that's like he knew. wild.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was like, for a description of that scandal, that's not very creative, but it is very on the nose to name your company that, and then get into yeah. your scandal.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so I believe in the last episode we talked about this and you were like, I haven't heard about this. Is that was that correct? Was that you that I talked about?
1: No, we knew about the sub. We talked okay. about the sub.
0: I talked to somebody recently and they were like, I have no clue any of this is what? happening. Yeah, I, I I don't know who that was. It's in my mind though, somebody I was talking to, I was like, Yeah, you know that goddamn sub. And they're like, uh, what? <laughs>
1: and I was like Sandwiches? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah sandwiches. I What's love going them.
0: On? Yeah, yeah, they're so good. No. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the Ocean Gate submersible Titan Sea Titan uh is the name of the submersible but i wanted to focus today's thing on stockton rush uh and right. we'll we've in- talked
1: the tight ty- that the submersible has been discussed you yeah. can find lots of info unless you're that one person pat knows in which case yeah. uh, <laughs> the one person who's like talk about the submersible more we're gonna yeah. talk about we're gonna get into the the company which is i have don't, i do not know a lot about this other than i saw that video and was like i would not let this guy put me in the ocean. Yeah, but I don't no. know a whole lot beyond that. So I'm excited. So we will we will
0: we'll cover everything. We'll we'll cover what what is needed to know about submersibles and about the company. But I wanted to focus today on Stockton Rush, and here is why. So the Titan was a submersible vessel built and engineered by deep sea tourism company OceanGate and their CEO, Stockton Rush. Uh, on June 18th, 2023, just a few weeks ago the Titan deployed from its companionship the Polar Prince with five passengers on board. The intended destination was the site of the Titanic wreckage, roughly 715 miles from Halifax, Nova Scotia, and about 12,000 feet below the surface of the North Atlantic Ocean. So, the five people on board included British billionaire uh, Hamish harding and another british billionaire so we got two baby no i'm kidding i will not i will be way more respectful from this moment on here we go
1: i think it's okay yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) so it was a british-born pakistani billionaire um i'm sorry uh, Pakistani-born British billionaire, uh Shazada Dawood and his son Suleiman Dawood who might very well be the only innocent person in everything we're discussing.
1: Here. Right, the one who like everyone truly is like yeah. okay, but that that sucks for that guy.
0: Yeah, like, he, we're he very. Yeah. This
1: is very tragic.
0: He didn't want to go. He did it to appease his dad. Yeah, he
1: didn't want to go. And like yeah. the other thing too is like it's great that they died so quickly. Like that they had they all had like a painless death. Yeah. Like they they died before they could even understand what was happening, which is great for every reason except that that kid didn't get to be like I fucking told you, dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I'm a little disappointed, but also yeah. like, you know, it's good that he, you know. Yeah. Dude, what, it's yeah, better like, this way.
0: What sucks so bad about that is like I feel like cuz we're going we're going to get in, we're going to talk about um I I think there's a generational thing where Everybody on this on this sub that died, except for Suleiman, was older. And they yeah. were, I think, a little more likely to buy into this idea of, like, hey, there's mavericks among us who uh, have, uh, who overachieve and who do better than the normal population. And they're all very rich, so of course they believe that. And this one kid, Suleiman, who, although he was rich, he's younger. And I just think younger people, I mean, he's younger than us, they... They they see this and they're like like they they're not they have not bought in to this generational idea of like oh no 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 like like you know, there's these rip roaring people out there that are taking life by the horns that is not a popular uh like ideal among younger people and mm-hmm. it was it it seemed like he had that he was like no this doesn't seem safe and mm-hmm. as I understand his dad was like no it's good this guy is tall. You know, like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, have you seen this guy's jawline he's not gonna kill us and it's a shame that the guy did not listen to his kid because we all know what happened uh the additional passenger was a french deep sea explorer named paul Henri nargele aka ph nargele uh okay. usually usually with an aka one name sounds cooler both of those sound cool
1: they both sound pretty cool yeah yeah
0: so they so um, Paul Henri Nargelet was a Titanic expert on board through an arrangement with Ocean Gate. So I don't want to say he was an employee, but he was in he was uh you know. He was
1: like a sponsored guest of some exactly, kind. Exactly. Yeah. And then and then the fifth person was Stockton Rush, right? And the he fifth was person was system.
0: Stockton Rush himself. The focus <laughs> okay. of today's episode. Okay. So, the details of the dive, which we will get into later in some detail, are well known now. But a listener may ask themselves why this tragedy qualifies as subject matter for Lie, Cheat, and Steal, a podcast famously about <laughs> liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. Well, I would put it to you that Oceangate CEO Stockton Rush qualifies as at least three, if not all fucking four, of these titles. <laughs> For at the heart What's of the What's the
1: ocean. debatable one?
0: I would say... Bullshitter? No, he's a I would say thief. I would say thief.
1: Thief, yeah. He's totally that's, a thief. That's true. That's he's arguable. He's completely
0: a liar, and he is certainly a cheat. Thievery <laughs> may be a little bit of a... a, a because did he steal... Arguably. Yeah, arguably. But at the very least, he's 75% subject matter.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. keep
0: in mind, all you have to do to qualify for this episode is be one of those things. Be one. So technically, right? he's... He's 300% lie, cheat, and steel. head the math real quick. He is 300% <laughs> lie, cheat, and steel material. Um, yeah, yeah. Gunning absolutely. for a possible 400%. So
1: <laughs> A quadruple crown, if yeah, you will. Yeah, the, quadru-
0: the only quadruple crown winner we've. No, I, I would say a lot <laughs> of people are quadruple crown winners as far as our <laughs> subject matter goes. But at the heart of the story of the Ocean Gate submersible implosion, I would say, and this is what I'm putting to you. Uh, lies a classic case of investor fraud mm. that's all it is it's really investor fraud it was a charming that's all
1: like you say that's all it is like that's all so much of stuff is that's all yeah that's so all many most things, things that, are like at yeah. the end of the day are investor fraud shit fourth of july <laughs> investor
0: fraud you know what <laughs> like the founding of most, our country investor most fraud. most
1: websites most apps yeah like most businesses founded in the last five years are ultimately just investor fraud. Yeah, it's just getting you to know,
0: buy into something so they can fucking, <laughs> again, like a drowning victim, hold on to you while they fall <laughs> beyond rescuing. And that, that that's what's happening. So... A charming businessman operating outside of the accepted rules of his industry preyed upon the desires of wealthy investors in order to extract large sums of money to fuel his ego-driven business venture that he promised would be successful if he could only be left well enough alone by the pressures of regulation. Not right. to mention the pressures of the deep ocean. Uh, <laughs> so this is... this is Yeah, I, of
1: all th- the pressures this guy is under, I think he was worried about the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Fucking Bazinga, Kath. Thank you. (laughs) But like, yeah, this is Billionaires Billionaire Boys Club. This is Enron. This is FTX. It's Fire Festival. It's Madoff. It's Theranos. It's everything else. Just dressed up a little differently. It's the same thing.
1: There is just this, like, I'm Stockton Rush, I'm assuming he is he's American. He's an American. He is, yes, yes. He was an American. American. And like, I just feel like there is this idea of like. If if you look the part, which he definitely did, as you said, he was, like, a square-jawed older oh, white yeah. man. Lantern-jawed, um,
0: pa- a lantern-jawed pain in the ass.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. And, like, if you if you present the right facade, there is, like, such a – people are so ready to hear you say that, like, regulations stifle innovation. Yeah. Like, that is uh, – uh, like, rich people love to take that line and uh, will give a lot of money to people who take that line and yeah. – ultimately
0: lose it it seems like yeah and and he knew this that's what we're going to get into is that like he like he believed in himself and again and we haven't it's it's not uncommon for us to cover people who believe in their own scams uh it's it's it could be said that to use the um the casino analogy he is both stupid and in on it <laughs> like, yeah <he's>, <laughs> <laughs> he managed to check both boxes and i i do have to give him credit <laughs> for that but he, he, it's like, it's like we see this time and time again a member of the wealthy elite gambles with lives that are not his own uh with catastrophic consequences all the while claiming that they're the only ones in the room who know what's really going on and mm-hmm. so unfortunately this it has a lot of new wrapping paper but it's the same fucking gift we've all yeah. seen this before so. That is why today we will cover the backstory of Oceangate as a company. And there will be a focus on their CEO, Stockton Rush. And to do that, we will have to understand a few things about his background. So okay. let us dive on in. Uh, who is Stockton Rush? That, 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 that was my header on this section of the script. <laughs> but I wanted to share. Who is Stockton Rush? So Richard Stockton Rush a guy that goes by his middle name, always something suspect. <laughs> like, like
1: I'm, yeah, I'm Patrick. I already Roger. have an alias. Yeah,
0: I'm Patrick Rogers Royce. If I went around introducing myself as Roger, there's a fucking reason.
1: It's because uh, you burned Patrick. It's yeah, yeah, Patrick yeah. is no longer <laughs> usable. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I would say Patrick ain't welcome in these town too much. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so he was born on March 31st, 1962, San Francisco, California. Uh, yes, he was born wealthy. His father was Richard Stockton Rush Jr. And Richard Stockton Rush Jr. was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He was the CEO of an oil and gas company and a company that managed investment properties in Sacramento. So he was mm. a landlord too. And uh, yeah. <laughs> their, their family money, this is to give you an idea of how connected to the American uh, pedigree these guys are. Mm-hmm. Their their money was inherited by one of their relatives who held stock in Standard Oil.
1: That's, yeah, like, yeah. that's like
0: that's like that's as old as old money can get. If, like, You're honestly, like printing like, money at that point. Yeah. yeah. So Stockton was deci- descended from two signers of the Declaration of Independence uh richard Stockton. this all
1: tracks for like his name like Stockton, yeah. richard stockton rush the third like yeah i'm yeah. i'm assuming some some mayflower descendants some old wasp stuff going on there
0: oh dude this guy this guy is so waspy he might as well sting you um <laughs> also i can't help but think of the uh the simpsons episode where jim varney played the Carney. And he was like, "Hell, the, uh, the was the, the Cooters. What is it? The Cooters have been carny since we came over here, clinging to the side of the Mayflower." <laughs> <laughs> so um, that is.
1: I mean, there had to be some people on the Mayflower who were like dirt bags, like the oh, dirt bags to. of yeah. the Mayflower that yeah, no one else yeah, yeah. liked. <laughs> And there are people descended from them who are probably really proud
0: yeah. of it. Yeah, like, dude, my family's been here the whole time, and we've sucked the entire fucking 300 <laughs> years. Yeah, dude, I had so to, to prepare myself for this episode, um, unwillingly, I had a, a clash a class conflict. This morning, uh, I'm working in a very wealthy neighborhood in Austin right now on a house. And my girlfriend dropped me off for work this morning. And I got out of the car and I walked. Uh, she was parked on the, if you're go whatever, she's parked on the uh, left side of the street. And so technically she's parked on the wrong side of the street. But I don't know if you've ever been through a nice neighborhood in the morning. It's all work trucks and everybody's parked yeah. every which fucking way. So I get out and I'm walking across the street with my tool bag. And these two Lance Armstrong fucking cosplayers decide that they're going <laughs> to tour to France their way down the mm-hmm. fucking street. And they, they're they whizzing by me, so I speed up to, 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 like, open the gap so I can get through. Yeah. And Sid, who is blocked, my girlfriend Sid, is blocked by the view of this fucking work truck in front of her. She pulls out and, like, kind of into their way, stops immediately, but they just yell, BE CAREFUL! And I wanted to rip them off their fucking bicycles. Now, if somebody out there works for a progressive or something and you're like, well, actually, she would have, or you would have been at fault, I don't care. These guys were flying through at the speed of a car on a fucking titanium bar stool. Fuck these guys. <laughs> And I, like, nothing happened, but I for sure did play through in my head what would have happened if something happened. I was like, oh, bro, I'd have said this, and I'd have said that. You know, like, It was it was good. It got me in the right mood. Because this guy, like I said, descended from two signers of the Declaration of Independence, Richard Stockton and Benjamin Rush. And he's got both of those fucking names. Yeah. So, as a child, he dreamt of becoming an astronaut. And becoming the first person on Mars, and he had an interest in aviation and aquatics. So he began scuba diving at age twelve, and became a commercial pilot at eighteen. He was later told that his visual you can do that when
1: your family owns boats and planes. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah like, things to do. Look, let this
0: eighteen-year-old fly the plane. His, <laughs> his dad owns nine apartment complexes. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1980, he graduated from the Phillips Exeter Academy. In 1984. Oh, that's,
1: I know where that is. That's like near where I grew up. Very oh, preppy. Word. Again, very, very preppy. Okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, so this is a side note. Talk talking about near where you grew up. Uh, I was putting on some uh, some panels today at work and we had to make uh, these quarter inch little slots between the panels and uh, to get them on there a guy to, uh, my boss took a piece of wood and cut them with like a little bit of a crossway direction and he put mm-hmm. them up against each other and he was nailing he, he drilled the one to the wall so it was stable and he nailed the other one in with a mallet to push this board against the wall and I said oh it's the Vermont and New Hampshire <laughs> like, 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 Nice. the way he had them and he he's from new hampshire and he goes yeah yeah that's exactly it
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's called now you yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 yeah
0: so yeah yeah i called i called the, the new england hammer shuffle so <laughs> in 1980 he graduated from phillips exeter academy in 1984 he got a bachelor of science degree in aerospace engineering from princeton in 89 he got a master of business administration from the university of california in berkeley so after graduating from Princeton, Rush briefly worked for McDonnell Douglas as a flight test engineer for the F-15 program before getting his MBA. And <clears throat> like like all this is like pretty cool. Now here's one thing I don't want to get. This dude was not stupid. I mean, he, he was yeah. dumb. He did a lot of dumb shit. I mean, he, he was capable. But like the thing was, is that he was this capability was born in a world where he could do no wrong. Like every like He, right. couldn't, like he couldn't make a mistake.
1: I think, like, so I, like, Phillips Exeter got me thinking about this. So, like, Phillips Exeter, where he went to high school, was not that close to me. But there are a number of extremely preppy, uh, very prestigious, very competitive high schools in New Hampshire. One of them is Phillips Exeter. The other one is St. Paul's, which is in my hometown. And, like, John Kerry went to St. Paul's. It's, like, very waspy. Yeah. uh, Like, old New England money people. And... We did this we there was every year they would take juniors from new from New Hampshire public schools and do like a summer program there that called the Advanced Studies program. It was like the smart kids from public school would get to go there and study, yeah, and I did it my junior year, and literally like every day they would tell us how lucky we were that St. <laughs> Paul's let us be there like. <laughs> And I just, I say that to, like, think about this mentality that these kids have. Like, when you grow up in this kind of world, like, you, exactly like you said, it's, like, a lot of them are really smart. They get amazing educations. Their their family is, like, incredibly invested in their learning. Um, but they're always told, like, you guys are the next generation of leaders. You guys are the, the powerful people. You're the elites. And so they... They think that they just like know better than everyone else on yeah. earth. Yeah, right? yeah. That's what he's been told his
0: whole fucking time. Is that, yeah, you're, you're yeah, you like, 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 it ha- like, like, it's almost like I don't want to like take any like uh, responsibility off this guy, but it's like, what else would you think about yourself?
1: Right. Yeah. Your entire life people are telling you like you could be the president if you wanted. Yeah. Like <laughs> no dream is impossible. Uh you have all of the resources and all of the brain power to do it. And yep. this guy's like, "Well, I want to go to the bottom of the ocean." So, yeah, that's there you what go. he did.
0: Later on, he worked as a venture capitalist at the San Francisco firm Peregrine Partners. He moved to the Pacific Northwest in 1989 to run the company Remote Control Technology. Based in Kirkland, Washington. I like to imagine that in 1989, remote control technology was just cars. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Just Christmas presents for little brothers.
0: Yeah, he's like, dude, I could get some sick air. Set up a (laughs) shoebox. Let's go. So, uh, Also, Kirkland, Washington. I've played a show there. Uh, He claimed to have built an experimental plane later that year that he flew throughout his life. Rush was a hobbyist scuba diver and spent time diving the waters of Puget Sound. In 2006, following his first trip on a submarine in British Columbia, Rush became interested in ocean exploration at lower depths. So at this point, and just to use our current parlance, uh, at this point in, in the succession scale of wealthy adult children, <laughs> Stockton Rush is a firm Connor Roy.
1: Yes, totally. He's, uh, a, he's a Buster yeah. Bluth, to go for another example yeah. <laughs> of a similar, similar vibe. <laughs>
0: Dude, I man, I just want to hear like 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 a company called Bluth and Roy or like Roy and Bluth. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just Buster and Connor. Uh, I I out of pity, I would buy whatever they're selling.
1: <laughs> be a good so, spinoff.
0: Yeah, his monetarily inflated ego and delusions of grandeur have led him to believe that he has something remarkable to offer to humankind. Uh, he feels like he should be the first person to do something. And I think it's a very toxic fucking thing. It's like I like I can't just do something good. I got to be the first person to do X. Yeah, and, and it's also
1: like it it again like is this if if your only goal is to be the first person to do something, it's like you don't have the knowledge or the passion in any one particular thing. That's like so yeah. purely ego driven. It's like Yeah. It, it's not like you, you should- have an interest in a field and you would like to advance that field. You just want to be the first person to do anything
0: and you will we will go through this and see how he he failed out of numerous fields mm. and was just like fucking that and that was the thing is like yeah you shouldn't want to be like i don't know like like yeah you shouldn't want to be the best in this field you should just be in this field be passionate about it and then happen to be the best or at least like not even the best but to be the first to do something yeah like that shouldn't be you think you should be in this field and, and I don't know, it should come organically. Yeah. And it feels like he got the cart before the horse. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I need to be the first guy to do something. And here's where I'll do it in. Um in many interviews, he said that he initial, his initial dream was space travel, mm-hmm. and he wanted to be the first one or one of the first humans on Mars.
1: He wanted to be so the he, first human in space, and then they told him, oh, that already happened, and he was like, damn yeah, it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I don't read the news. What happened? <laughs> uh, so it was funny. His, his vision uh, would actually interfere with his vision. <laughs> he was not... His visual acuity mm-hmm. kept him out of the world of aviation. Yeah. But he, he claimed that he deemed space travel to be cost prohibitive. Cross prohibitive. He was like, no, you know what? Space travel makes no sense. And it's like, yeah, that sounds like some shit a guy who can't see would say. <laughs> it sounds like you found out you couldn't do it. And now it's like, nah, man, that's bullshit. Yeah, he's
1: like uh, so, the kid in Little Miss Sunshine who wants to be in the Air Force. And then he finds out that's yeah, yeah, yeah. this guy. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he was like – he said that learning that most space research – or most space was research missions that dealt largely in extended stays and doing boring spacewalks that <laughs> many a dedicated scientist had already done dozens of times. So he didn't want to do the fucking work. Right. He was like – Oh, no, I have to I, do I research to there.
1: up there? Fuck that. Yeah. I
0: got, it's like it's, – it's like we always draw things back to comedy, but it's like meeting a comic who's like – no, I, mean, I, I I should get booked. I should get, I, I should do 10 minute spots or I should do a right. headline. And it's like, you don't even have five fucking minutes. Right. You got to do the work, man. <laughs> so that wasn't exciting to Stockton. And he looked to a more planetary source of discovery, the ocean. So initially this led him to explore deep sea diving. But, and this is where I lose more and more patience with this guy. <laughs> According to Rush... The demands were rigorous and uncomfortable. It's cold down there, Cam. Like, I
1: can't. Oh, it's uncomfortable to go into the ocean?
0: I can't be in this fucking wetsuit. I can only produce so much pee. How can I warm myself up? So he said that it was uncomfortable. And he decided that exploring would be better done in a submarine. And this is like. This is like being a guy who's like, I want to be a marathon runner. And then he do a marathon, and you're like, actually, I want to be a race car driver. You know what this reminds me
1: of a little bit? Is remember when we did our episode about Sean King, and we talked about how he wanted to climb all these mountains, and then he did, like, one day of mountaineering school, and he was like, bro, I cannot climb a mountain. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's what this guy
0: reminds me of. That's that's exactly it. And, And it's like... You know, it, it, again, like the Buster Bluth. It's like when Buster hung out with the um, Lucille's housekeeper when he hung out with her family for the day, and he's like, "I love this." And they're like, "Now we're all gonna go to work," and he was like, "What?" <laughs> and I'm like that is this guy. So Rush was like, "No, no, no, man, fuck, fuck this shit. i try trying to be in a wetsuit. I'm gonna be in a submarine." So Rush began looking into purchasing a submersible, but discovered that there were fewer than 100 privately owned submarines worldwide, and he was unable to purchase one. He instead constructed a miniature submersible using blueprints provided to him by a retired U.S. Navy submarine commander. The vessel that Rush constructed was 4 meters 13 feet long and capable of diving to a depth of 33 feet. So following the construction of his miniature submersible, not that
1: far, thirty-three feet. No, 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 no. (laughs) I feel like I could go down that far if I wanted.
0: Oh, I would. I would love to just see fucking like, yeah, yeah. I could, yeah, I could dive to thirty feet. I feel like I could get down there, probably.
1: (laughs) I mean, look, maybe I don't. I'm getting the physics all wrong, and I would like, you know, my brain would come out of my ears or something. But I feel like I could go down that far. Yeah, 33 feet,
0: that ain't shit. I can see like he could probably still look up and see his like rich friends up there like, you fucked up Stockton. Ooh, 33 feet. Big whoop Stockton. And so the vessel that yeah, so um Following the construction of his miniature submersible, he continued to try to purchase a submersible. And he included attempting, a bot to, attempting to buy uh, Steve Fawcett. I don't know who Steve Fawcett is, but his name was highlighted. Uh, Steve Fawcett's submersible vehicle following Fawcett's 2007 death, but was unsuccessful. So around 2007, Rush began to explore the idea of founding his own submarine company. So, like, look at the entitlement of this guy. It's like, I want to go to space. That's boring. I want to go underwater. That's cold. I want to go underwater in a submarine. Okay? Now I want to f- found my own submarine company. It's like, why do you get to do these things? It's like a guy being like, hey, I want to be an actor. Nah, that's difficult. Okay, I'll do stand-up. Well, I'm not getting booked. Well, I'll start my own fucking show. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'll book myself. It's just it's that also level like, of entitlement. he's
1: not even... He's not even really trying to build them at this point. He's just trying to buy them from other rich people. So like it's even more yes. lazy, you know?
0: It's more lazy and I think ultimately we'll get into this. He he didn't want to own a company that took people to, to the Titanic. Yeah. He wanted to own a stage where people could watch him go to the Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what that's what it was. It was this is completely ego-driven. Mm-hmm. So he Wanna found his own submarine company. He believed there could be significant market for underwater ocean tourism and that it would provide an alternative to the significant time and technical gear required for scuba diving, where you gotta get fucking certified (laughs) by some fucking instructor who gatekeeps. So Rush founded Ocean Gate with his partner Guillermo Sonline. In 2009. Now, according to Rush, the goal of the company was to use commercial tourism to support development of new deep diving submersibles that would enable further commercial ventures, including resource mining and disaster mitigation. Um, I, I may have mentioned to the podcast before. My guitarist in my old band is uh, about to retire from the military, even though he's like it's not a full 20 year retirement. But he's getting out. He's got a ton of money. And he got into uh, meditation. Mm-hmm. And he called me. He was like, hey, I want to do a meditation podcast. Would you be curious of being on it? And I was like, well, yeah. Like, what's up? Like, you begin to meditation. That's pretty cool. What's that about? He goes, bro, I ain't talking about none of this fucking you know, pussy shit. I'm talking about tur- like, teaching people to be their most optimal selves. He-, he literally said, I want to create super soldiers. Hell, <laughs> I mean, yeah.
1: This yeah. is like – I, I feel like, like this is like the – meditation version of how everyone's like, Jonah Hill is weaponizing therapy language. Like yeah. that's what this guy's doing. <laughs> when the military gets a hold of meditation for tactical purposes. That's-
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he wants. He's like, I want to create super soldiers. And I was like, man, that's wild. I was like, yo, I'll do the podcast. You cut me a check. He never got back to me. <laughs> but I did see that he invited me to like uh Davis Human Performance Solutions nice. <laughs> on, on Facebook. So yeah, he's he made it, and I love you, Brandon. I hope it works out. But uh, <laughs> so, according to Rush, the goal of the company was to uh, support the you know com- use commercial tourism to support the development of deep diving. Submersible. Right. This
1: is how you make the that money would- to fund the the research. To so me. yeah, yeah.
0: You guys want to know what's happening on the fucking? You guys want to find the Little Mermaid? God damn it! I need four billion. Yeah. So these that would enable further commercial ventures, including resource mining and disaster mitigation. So Sonline, his partner, left OceanGate in 2013, so it's pretty much been a Preston show since then. Mm-hmm. So while conducting market research for OceanGate, Rush determined the private market for underwater exploration had floundered due to a public reputation for danger and increased regulatory requirements on the operation of tourist submarines and submersibles. He believed these reasons were understandable but illogical. Like I get how you don't wanna die, but it doesn't make any fucking sense to me. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's that's an interesting combination of words. I feel like those are kind of opposed to one another. But all right. Understandable but logical.
0: Yeah, you're saying like like, I get it, but I don't care. (laughs) Uh so, in particular, he was critical of the Passenger Vessel Safety Act of 1993. And just heads up, listeners, if you ever find somebody that is critical of a government act that has the word safety, and I don't know, like. I'm not saying they're always good, but if you're just like, man, I got a real problem with the Passenger Vessel Safety Act They're trying to make the
1: passengers too safe. It's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yo, that is almost precisely what he said. <laughs> So he said that – that, that, now, this act was a United States law which regulated the construction of ocean tourism vessels and prohibited dives below 150 feet, which Rush described as a, quote, needlessly prioritized – no, no, he said that it needlessly prioritized passenger safety over commercial innovation. <laughs> needlessly prioritized passenger safety. Like, like, there's no need for that. Right. Over commercial innovation, this is this is the boss that tells you it's not always about the money. Work these overtime hours at not time and a half. This, this is <laughs> this is every. This guy might as well be fucking uh, Andrew Carnegie. Yeah, like, you know, like, this is just like this isn't any different he just acclimated a little
1: bit to the times and adopted the language of tech bros yeah i do want to know this is what i I, I do want to beg to differ a little bit andrew carnegie was like successful (laughs) like this guy this guy's uh he's not that similar (laughs) he's just also doesn't care about the people he's in charge of that's all (laughs) yeah He's like,
0: yeah, Andrew is probably looking at him bewildered, like, bro, I disregarded the safety of, of 250 million Americans, and I made a ton of money. How did you not do the same fucking thing? <laughs> <laughs> so in 2018, Rush piloted an expedition with researchers and scientists to the San Juan Islands. I did a show there. Shout out San Juan Islands. I had to take a ferry to get there. and San that. Castillo. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was so cool. I actually really enjoyed that. <laughs> So he looked, used it to observe the red sea urchin. Uh, he actually had Macklemore on board on that one. Okay,
1: I mean the Co- Seattle, Seattle royalty. So he's up in Washington. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Let me take the most famous person from Washington in here. Macklemore. Yeah. Jeff Bezos is busy, so we, It's Macklemore
0: yeah yeah it's at This point. i wonder if he
1: was just like if mclemore at any point threw his hands up to the ceiling it's <laughs> like a pretty big guy too from what i remember i think he's pretty tall so he's probably really folded into that little submersible Damn.
0: i wonder if he kept the, the the submersible real clean just like his room when he was a kid <laughs> <laughs> his, his mom was like he's like hey am i gay because my submarine is so clean um <laughs> uh, So in 2021, after several delays, Rush finally started his deep submergence business. By 2023, Rush had made at least 13 successful trips to the Titanic. So prior to the June 2023 dive, Rush was sued by a couple in Florida uh, over a planned 2018 dive to to the Titanic that they claim was repeatedly canceled and postponed. And uh, this couple claimed that they were unable to get a refund. <laughs> and, uh, but following Rush's death, they took they dropped the lawsuit. Uh,
1: so, okay. They're like, he suffered enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's clear that Stockton Rush had some non-industry standard ideas about what was needed to construct a submersible. So let's explore what those ideas were. Uh, Rush's first problem was with the shape. So, submersibles are spherical titanium crafts. Now, they contain various components built out from that shell, but the core of the vehicle that houses crew members, also known as the pressure vessel, is always a titanium sphere. Uh, A sphere evenly distributes pressure by reducing Mm -hmm. surface area, preventing a weak point from imploding. Yep, gotta be a Um, little golf ball. yeah, and I love how we've known that as a society for thousands of years, <laughs> and that was still this guy's downfall. <laughs> like, like, I, 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 that's not lost on me. But the drawback of this design in Russia's eyes was the maximum occupancy. A spherical submersible vessel allows for a crew of three. What do you do with three people? I, yeah, I can't market that's that a, shit.
1: That's an awkward social situation, three yeah, people. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, three's a crowd. We know this. You know what I'm saying? So Rush saw this as limiting for commercial exploration. As he said, you needed a pilot, a guide, and... As he said, you don't go doing the coolest thing in your life alone. Mm-hmm. You invite your best friend, your son, your daughter, your spouse. Yeah. So a cylinder-shaped craft. You do your family reunion
1: would, down there. You, just, you do
0: family Yeah, get the whole fucking fam down here. <laughs> yeah, let's crush that shit, is what they would say. So a cylinder-shaped craft would allow for five occupants, and it was way more viable for commercial trips. He backed up this assertion, and this is how he said, what I just thought was correct. Here's how he verified this. He said, look, that's much more viable for commercial trips. How would I know this? Well, uh, he backed up this assertion by noting that how the trips made by Ocean Gate and their initial purchased submersibles, so they initially purchased submersibles that were made for this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they allowed for a subpar filming of the journey. Yeah. He said well, we did videos and those they only got like 10 000 to 20,000 views. What are you going to do? Are you think a take a selfie or whatever?
1: This you is know? what happens when you confuse the laws of capitalism with natural laws. Like yeah, 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 He yeah. thinks that like <laughs> for something to be like oh well if it's not commercially viable then this is the right way to do it. Like of course Of course this is the right way to do it because this will get more hits on youtube and this will bring more more clients to my company so like this is the right way to do it like they they act like that is physics like that that is a law in the same way that those other laws are laws an immutable law of nature yeah so their first
0: expedition in a cylinder craft that allowed for a five-man team that allowed a videographer and his assistant to produce a high quality video of the journey Kath, that video fetched a whopping four million views. Ah, he was in right. Two weeks, he was right. It went viral. Stockton Rush delivered that thrilling news with a huge smile on his face to a crowd gathered to watch him speak at a Seattle Tech Conference in 2022. He was like, "Guys, we elongated the hall, and I got a videographer there, and we got four million fucking views, and everybody's like, yeah! <laughs> it was, it was, it was big news to that crowd. So. The second exception Rush took with industry standards was construction materials. So according to the current understanding of deep-sea submersibles, titanium is the only material suitable to construct a pressure vessel. Remember, pressure vessel being where you actually sit. Yeah. So Stockton believed the same hull density could be achieved with 5-inch thick carbon fiber. So titanium sphere versus carbon fiber tube. The list of stuff things Corner cutting goes on and on He had a porthole window That was only tested For 12,000 meters And they took it To 4,000 meters uh, He had interior Track lighting Purchased at a cut rate From Camping World uh, Don't be
1: getting Shit at cut rate <laughs> When it's going Into the bottom yeah. of the ocean Don't you're, be saving money
0: On that shit Fucking great Grandfather Signed the Declaration Of Independence <laughs> Buy a real fucking Light bulb You idiot Like man I I so uh, I work in a house right now that the people that own it are rich and the people so the people that are building it are rich and they're the most unhappy people I've ever met in my entire life mm. and my boss who works in the houses like this all the time was like dude I work for rich people all the time yeah they're annoying but nine times out of 10, they're fucking happy. He's like, how are these people? And this is by far the, this is, I, the house that I showed you those text messages that one time. This is the nicest place I've ever worked at, let alone been in. And they're the most unhappy people I've ever met in my entire life. And so it's like, look at this. It's like, yeah, if I was rich, I wouldn't buy fucking cut rate. I'm like, dude, we get the best fucking lights in here. Why would you not get good lights? And he could be <laughs> like, oh, well, the camping world lights aren't going to crash the submersible i don't give a shit i'm in that thing i want good lights i don't want to be like hey, this guy. in
1: there they know about this shit. Yeah. make it nice yeah
0: if i had a billion dollars and i got in there let alone all the other shit i would just like look at the track lighting and be like bitch am i in a, am i at an amc the yeah fuck is this? i thought we were supposed yeah. to be taking selfies down here and shit make sure the lighting's yeah. good exactly get a fucking ring light i have one and i'm poor <laughs> uh so, and also he had the infamous Xbox controller, yep. which is like, and people have been like, oh, well, it's not uncommon to have an Xbox controller, and I read more into that, and it's not uncommon to have an Xbox-styled controller. Uh, what is uncommon is having a Logitech 4780. <laughs> right, way, like an
1: aftermarket like, yeah, an Bluetooth Mario, thing well, that you just connect yeah, to whatever you've got.
0: If yeah. you, it, not even if you're a gamer, if you're like a, just a, a a kid that played video games with his friends, and they'd be like, "Hey, we're playing a four-player game," and you got handed the Mad Cat's controller, you're like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" <laughs> like, yeah, right? Yeah, like
1: it's gonna it's gonna be just, worse. Like, if you can't play Mario Party on it, well, you're not gonna be able to uh, yeah. <laughs> navigate a submarine with a lot of accuracy.
0: Yeah, you're gonna get super smashed, brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So in a previous dive in which journalist David Pogue was on board, the sub became lost for five hours. It was unable to send its location to the support ship. This spurred talks of adding a safety beacon to the Titan, but those plans never came to fruition. Uh, yeah. What can you do? The, safety shorting, the safety shortcomings didn't go unnoticed. One former executive spoke out about safety concerns, and according to his version of events, he was let go by the company. Um, there was a notable voice in deep sea journalism named William J. Broad, and he was approached by Ocean Gate to do a piece on the Titan, but when he looked at it, he declined due to safety concerns. Um at one point they conducted pressure tests at a university run lab in Maryland and ended up blowing their sensors out uh because of how poorly it handled it. Dude. And they had to pay yeah, they had to pay the college to replace the sensors. The thing um, is
1: like the thing that is so interesting about this like you said it's that this guy is stupid and he's in on it like there's all this all this data all of these examples of people being like this is not safe bad things are going to happen and it's not only that this guy sent people down there he went down there he built it and he knew all this and he still was like yep it'll be fine And that was such a selling
0: point. Everybody, like, like the people who bought the cool... We'll get it. Some people were like, hey, this fucking sucks. I'm not going down there. But, like, the people who did were like, he says it's okay. Like, he's he's down there with us. Why would a guy put his his life on the line? So, at one point, the entire deep sea exploration industry reached out to him in an open letter uh, urging him to get the Titan certified.
1: Wow. They're like...
0: Get this shit certified international safety standards because they knew that it was going to eventually start messing with their shit. Right. Because they, they were like, look, dude, like like we do this shit. Your your little fucking trinket box here is going to fuck up our whole game. Right. It's like the mob almost being like, hey, you got to get your shit together because you're going to draw light on us.
1: Right. And well, so- it's, yeah, it's I mean, if this I, and I'm sure it's already affecting them, like people probably aren't going to yeah. want to give them grant money like. The yeah. whole industry of it is is tainted by this for sure.
0: They're going to have to redirect so much of their available funding into reassuring people that they're not them. Yeah. 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 So the glaring safety flaws with not just the Titans construction, but with Ocean Gates and attentiveness to these flaws are numerous, but it's not what makes this a scam. The scam would be, and here's where it gets into it, is the million dollars, millions of dollars that Stockton Rush personally raised from investors and the additional fortunes of paying customers, knowing full well he had a product that wasn't safe. Yeah. He knew this. He knew these concerns. So since its founding in 2009, Stockton courted his wealthy friends and associates for many an investment or straight-up donation, and in some cases just cut-rate ticket prices to raise funds. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it should be noted that he also dumped a large amount of his <laughs> own money into this as well. So he scammed himself, <laughs> so which which many might call the greatest scam of all. <laughs> uh, Stockton Rush often talked about how world governments monopolized access to the deep sea through stifling regulations. And as a result, there were only, and I, I guess at this point are still only, 10 vehicles on Earth capable of going 4,000 feet down. And he said he wanted to increase privatized access to the deep, and he needed a lot of money to, to do that. So first things first, the skirt regulations raise capital. They base the company in the Bahamas, and I, look, I got nothing against Bahamian culture, but the, the if, you, if a company's based in the Bahamas, it's there for a reason. It's there because they don't want to be governed by any sort of like you know stifling regulations.
1: Yeah, is uh, there is? Do you have anything? Because I think I remember reading that like, it is actually not legal to go to the Titanic. <laughs> like, I think it's, I haven't heard that. But yeah, I can I, see that. Why would it be? I think it might. I think there might be some laws about it. I mean, it's one of those <coughs> things where it's like there. Well, was no a one thing can get up. there, so it's like weird yeah. to. But I think it is like like he's saying. I think it is owned by some government or something. Like it's not. I do
0: believe that the. Uh, that, that might be true because there was a lot of references and a lot of talk about um, uh, international law or international waters. Yeah. How, like, you can say, hey, the Titanic is off limits, but at the end of the day, it's still an in international they waters. They don't have
1: jurisdiction to, like, yeah. apprehend yeah. you and or a, whatever.
0: And a lot of the Ocean Gate shit fell under the fact that they're an in international got waters. Got it, got it. Um, at, like, at some point, I would recommend going and reading the... Uh, the uh, the waiver that it mm-hmm, ran sign mm-hmm. it mentions death like a dozen times on the first page but it talks about how far away they are from everything how nobody yeah. can get to us and like it's like yeah it's, they're, they're doing that for a fucking reason you know so there was one investor his name was Aaron Newman and he became an investor after paying 250 grand for a ride of the Titanic so he took a ride down there he did the whole thing he came back in one piece And then he he invested what he called a quote small amount of cash, but I can't imagine what a guy paying two hundred fifty grand for a fucking uh, submarine ride considers a small amount of cash. Right?
1: Yeah, no idea.
0: Yeah, and he he did it knowing full well that he would, quote, never get a dime back from doing this. Mm-hmm. He said the company was not making cash. This was definitely a money hole for anyone that was involved. And the company wasn't strapped for cash. Based on reported investments over the years, OceanGate had received a number of investments, including an $18.1 million investment in 2020 to expand its submersible fleet. And it filed with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, and the funding sources for this investment were unclear. Rush said it was 100% insiders, so it just people cutting personal checks. Mm-hmm. Um, previous SEC filings outline investments of five million in 2019, five point one million in 2017, five million in 2016, five million in 2015, ten million in 2013, and three million in 2012. So. Like you know, right there, you're looking at fucking the like. It's uh, what is it? Like 27 million dollars in you know seven years. That's a, that's an investment scam. He's telling people, "I got this thing. Yeah, come on in on it." So in addition, the ocean, he, he founded the Ocean Gate Foundation. It was their nonprofit wing, hmm. and it had raised. That's how you know 15- it's a scam.
1: That it's yeah, yeah. a non-profit <laughs> wing that like doesn't make any sense. <laughs>
0: Yeah, why would you need a nonprofit? Yeah, yeah, you know what I when I think of the, the deep sea, I think a nonprofit.
1: Well, it's like if you uh, want to do like a research thing, like you you could have a nonprofit about like deep sea research or something, but then you'd have to get your shit certified, which he doesn't do. Yep. so I don't know how that. Yeah, anyway, would not do.
0: How much did the- so in four years they raised four hundred and fifty grand, so almost half a million dollars. But um, the financial solvency uh, started the. The 501C that was started in 2010 to promote ocean-related science and education programs in uh, its most recent filings with the IRS, the foundation reported uh, ending 2012 with a negative $71,000 balance, and the year prior, the balance was 81000 Okay. So... The issue with negative assets, this is what what one guy said, like an an analyst, he said the issue with negative assets is that it's either one of two things. It's either financial instability or there's a dependency on other entities for solvency. Yeah. So it seems like this dude kept his company open for a decade based on the the investments of others. Yeah. And – Financial documents filed in Washington to show clear financial and family ties between the Ocean Gate for profit and nonprofit ventures. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Stockton Rush is listed as a treasurer of the nonprofit, um, but his uh, Wendy Rush, his wife, is also listed as the president and the director in the nonprofit's financial uh, documents. Mm-hmm. So the arrangement strikes experts as a cause for concern. With a nonprofit, you want to have an independent board, said this uh, an analyst. It's not abnormal for there to be someone else close to the business, but you lose objectivity at that point. And right. the preference would be that someone separate, ideally not paid, and not a family member right. be in charge. And, and probably the biggest smack in the face, In 2020, Ocean Gate took took out a $447,000 PPP loan. Of course. God,
1: wouldn't be one of these stories without a PPP loan. Yeah, yeah, man. Dude, uh, and also,
0: hey, but but don't sweat. The loan was forgiven. Okay, good. Thank God. Yeah, We can all breathe easy. I mean,
1: I guess no billionaires so, were going down to the Titanic during COVID. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. There's also, no COVID like, down be, there, so.
0: Would that be the safest place to be? Yeah. You know? So, Ocean Gate's business plan, we can't forget this. It also included selling high-priced tickets to those who could afford it. Tickets whose seemingly arbitrary value could fluctuate. In 2017, the original price of the ticket for a trip to the Titanic site was was one hundred uh, and five thousand and one hundred and twenty nine dollars.
1: Oh, steal! And
0: out of you heard this? Yeah, it's old steal. That was the cost of a first class ticket on the Titanic itself, adjusted for inflation.
1: On purpose?
0: They did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, on
1: purpose. Totally no sense of irony, these people. Yeah, yeah, Zero yeah. Zero irony. No, this is like
0: also this dude's wife was descended from the most wealthy passengers on board the Titanic. Yeah, you know, You've heard this, this tidbit, yeah. No, I didn't they, know that.
1: It just, like, makes perfect sense.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So his wife, her great-grandparents, or great-great-grandparents, I uh, don't get, you know... Don't get me bogged down in that, but they were the passengers that are depicted in the movie as those rich people just laying down in bed.
1: Yeah, that is her. That is her <laughs> fucking.
0: That yeah, that's her ancestors, and they were the ones that gave up their seat. The reason they died, the thing is, they gave up their seat so younger people could just get off the boat. Mm. They're like, yeah, like, like we live the full life, we're good, and God, you yeah. I, I swear, billionaires used to like almost embrace dying,
1: and I wish they look. I true. wish they'd look
0: back into that. <laughs> oh, Yeah, maybe I'm wrong with that. Yeah, you're right. I probably I'm romanticizing there. But <laughs> so uh, there was a father and son team that uh, it was it was it was a guy. He was an investor. He met with Stockton Rush over drinks, and Stockton told him that a, a ride on this submarine was safer than crossing the street. <laughs> And this is a guy who famously said, if you don't want to do anything unsafe, don't get out of your fucking bed. Yeah. He didn't say fucking, but he said that. You know what I'm saying? He's like, don't That's get out what of your meant. fucking yeah. bed. Yeah. If your pussy ass doesn't want to drown in the ocean, I don't know. <laughs> maybe stay asleep. You know what <laughs> I mean? So this guy backed out. He was going to take his son on there. And he backed out because he talked to him and he was just like, man, this doesn't make any fucking sense. But. Yeah. As fate would have it, no amount of venture capital investment was able to stop the tragedy that would befall the Titan. As we all know, on June 18, 2023, at 11.15 a.m., the Titan Submersible lost contact with its support ship, the Polar Prince, off the coast of Newfoundland in the North Atlantic Ocean. It's suspected that the vessel suffered a catastrophic implosion, killing all five people on board instantly. Now, a massive taxpayer-funded search <laughs> was yeah. launched for the vessel, of course. and eventually, the wreckage would be found four days later on the ocean floor, 500 meters from the Titanic wreckage. Um, I-, I feel we would we would be you know like remiss if we didn't discuss like the the, the, the reaction to it and a lot of people said it was it was callous to laugh at this and it was you know was shitty like these, these are human beings and this is not like my own original thought but I believe most people thought this it's like look dude times are so fucking tight right now that I don't have the emotional expenditure to, to be like hey I'll feel sorry for five fucking rich people that decided to fucking sink a tin can down at the ocean I, I, I just don't have it there I can't feel bad for these guys and it sucks I think that I have but be
1: in the waiver that they sign. Yeah, yeah, it should just yeah. be like,
0: <laughs> if
1: you die, no one has to feel bad for you. Yeah, because you, did, everyone's you chose gonna make fun this. of you. You did yeah, this yeah, yeah. to yourself, and it's you know, like yes, when a life ends, that's that's a sad thing is it, yeah. as a fellow yeah. human being, but like. Yeah, they fucking knew that was a possibility. (laughs) I feel like if you die in a really, really crazy way, you got to understand that people are going to uh, remark upon it. And if you die doing something stupid, I mean, nobody's nobody's going to bat for the Darwin Awards. Like, why do we have to feel (laughs) bad for these people? You know, (laughs) this is a Darwin Award to me. It's the same shit. Yes, it's a little dark, but we're allowed to laugh at it.
0: Yeah, we're allowed to laugh at it because, like, yeah, like, you made your bed, now go drown in it. Yes, you know? exactly. I, I, I can't fucking, I can't be here. I Like, dude, like, I, you know, as all of us, I, I, would, I would say, as most people listening have in the last year or two, I've been worried about what I'm going to do to make rent. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I, can't, I can't sit here and be like... You know, oh, like like I, as a guy who like I I have to work every day, and if I don't work one day, I, I like I feel that you know what I'm saying yeah. like I feel that clinch by the end of the week, and like I can't sit here and be like, damn, it sucks. Those guys that paid two hundred and fifty right. grand. Do this, yeah, yeah, I, I can't feel sorry for them, and I would say it's on them or their contemporaries for creating an environment where I feel so fucking an, like animus yeah. towards them. I feel such animus towards them because, like, no, fuck off. I didn't like. I, yeah, I, I didn't do that. I I limit myself every day. I I don't do so many things that I want to fucking do because I know that it will ruin me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I want to get blind drunk. I want to get back on drugs. Whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. I don't do it because I know that that will ruin my fucking life. And these guys are just like, hey, I want to travel 4,000 feet below the ocean and there was no nothing in their life telling them they didn't need to do that and they did it anyways and I'm sorry but I'm not in a position where I can feel sorry for them if if you are related to them and you love them by all means but I I can't do it personally
1: yeah I think there's a thing where like um, when you're wealthy and I I was tweeting about this because I think it's an American thing too we Americans do this a lot of like when you're really rich and you're paying a lot of money to another rich person for something, you just sort of assume that like everything is taken care of. Like you just, I feel like there's this thing of like, well, I'm paying so much money for this. Of course it's going to be safe. Like, of course it's going to be tested. Like, and the reason I think about that with, in terms of like Americans is like, I feel like when I've been a tourist abroad uh, with other Americans, that's been like a thing that comes up where like, we want to do something and it like is something that could potentially, you know, be dangerous in some way. And they're like, well, we wouldn't be able to pay for it if it wasn't dangerous. It's like,
0: yeah, that's yeah. not,
1: there's no like secret force field protecting you like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> made of money or made of whiteness yeah. or made of uh, your American passport or whatever. It's like bad yeah. things can still happen to you. Like it doesn't, Yeah, your privilege does not protect you from that. So yeah. I don't know. I, I'm probably thought, not saying thought, this clearly because I'm like delirious no. on cold medicine, but
0: <laughs> I yeah. totally got what you're saying. I I worked retail. Uh, I worked I worked cell phone retail in the three years. The iPhone came out at AT&T. Mm-hmm. So I dealt with this like this full wave of like the most kind of the most entitled customers in the world. And and not even just in that though. Just in any retail environment, there's this idea that like, hey, I spent money, that means I have fucking superpowers. Like, right. I, I I spent some money, I am impervious to the fact that my device may not work. And it's like, no, right? Like like Apple doesn't fucking Apple doesn't doesn't knock it out the park every time. Sometimes you get a defective iPhone. It can happen. The fact that you spent money doesn't uh, you know preclude you from this, right? And I, you, know, you don't and, get and to just like does.
1: automatically be guaranteed a seamless, easy. Yeah. experience or something yeah
0: yeah yeah and I, I can only imagine that that gets intensified the more money you spend right like, I, I spent I, and like i'm almost kind of like well I, i'm glad it was it was a a, a microsecond between the the right. um the, the hall breach and the implosion but like if there had been time down there where they were all alone together like you know, those guys are just like, hold on. I spent this much fucking yeah, money. Yeah, they get start all up.
1: yelling at Stockton. Yeah. Get the fucking <laughs> Xbox
0: controller. Pass the stick. Pass the stick. It's my turn. I'll get us up. You know I mean? <laughs> like It had to be insane. Um, now, uh, the ability to sue. Um, there are lawyers very hungrily looking into can they skirt the rules of this uh, of, of this waiver? And the general consensus seems to be there probably might be some recourse because you can say all you can say all day like hey you're legally wavered from XYZ but if you're being criminally negligent it, an argument can be made that though that 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 um, that initial acknowledgement is null and void mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that can happen uh, but yeah other than that uh, yeah possible you know it's just it's it's kind of a we're seeing it happen all the time in our society people are given free reign uh, financially and they're they are They're ruining it because they think that they have this like this immunity to the consequences of their actions. And they don't.
1: Somebody was tweeting about how they were like, I, uh, I totally believe this whole thing because I was a lifeguard in Nantucket, which is like there are lots of (laughs) sharks and it's, it's a very, very wealthy place. And there are lots of sharks. And there would be times where you would have to, like, as a lifeguard, clear everybody out of the water because there'd be a shark. And yeah. uh, and rich people would go, no, 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 I'm going to go swimming. I'm going swimming. Now. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. And like, it's just this like, no, the shark won't eat me. I'm rich. Like, and
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's very, I think we will see more and more of this as climate change becomes more dire, is people just thinking that they can buy their way out of nature's laws. And you can't. Yeah. You can't. You no. cannot buy your way out of the physics of the deep ocean you cannot buy your way out of a shark wanting to eat you like it's just yeah yeah, it is what it is.
0: yeah. dude like, like i'm all about eat the rich but let me tell you sharks are all about just eat us yeah <laughs> they, they, they don't give a they fun. do not have class like, the,
1: consciousness they're the, just yeah the forces of nature
0: don't give a shit who you are what you paid <laughs> yeah you can't you can't flash your ticket stub to a shark and he's right. like, oh. oh, oh. Uh, yeah. Dude, it's, it's so funny you brought that up because uh, at my apartment complex last night, they showed uh, Jaws at the pool.
1: Hell
0: yeah. Yeah, we all went out there. We got little fucking floaties and we watched Jaws That's and it beautiful. was funny shit. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, no one got eaten. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, that is the story of again, not Ocean Gate, but the story of Stockton Rush, Ocean Gate CEO. Uh worth it. No,
1: none no, of it. not at all. None of it's worth it. Yeah, just none, be a rich guy. Enjoy it. your money.
0: Yeah. Dude, I'll tell you, I see, like I said, like I said with that one house where like I see people all the time just being rich and unhappy. And I'm like, dude, just give it to me. I will figure it out. I if promise you want to be unhappy, I will be so
1: happy. I will.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if all you want to be is unhappy come here like like, (laughs) like, 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 come on come on down you can be as unhappy as you want here i'll take over the fucking reins of your empire and you can be unhappy here and i'll be happy there
1: uh
0: yeah that that is that uh so let's see yeah thanks for tuning in and If this is the first time you're ever hearing this we do have a patreon it's patreon.com slash lie sheet and steel we do two more episodes a month you can check us out wherever podcasts are streamed uh, and we do two episodes every month there as well we are on twitter at lcs podcast and we're on tiktok at Lie, sheet steel podcast uh that being said my name is pat sir i'm no longer on twitter i uh, for now I might get back, but uh, I'm on Instagram at PZ, that's P-E-E-Z-Y-T-X, and also I have a surprise tour happening this week. I don't know it's going to happen, and I'm going to be in South Carolina and Georgia and Alabama on the 13th, 14th, and 15th, so check on my page and look for those particulars and you can come out and see me. Uh, Kath, you got anything for
1: us? Yeah, um, I have a taping in New York City uh, at the Turks Inn, uh, July 31st. Ooh, girl, get so come to that. Um, or no, it's called the Sultan's the Sultan Room at Turks Inn. So it's at the Sultan Room. Um, I have paid protest August 19th. I'm going to Chicago in early August, uh, so I'll have some shows then. I'm at Kath Barbadoro on social media. You can listen to my other podcast, What a Time to Be Alive. That comes out every week. Uh, i think that's all i have to plug thanks for listening everybody
0: yeah guys thanks for tuning in uh please uh, if you, if you like the episode uh, like definitely give us a five-star review or wherever you listen to us at and leave a review or five-star rating leave a review it helps get the word out and if you want to hear more subscribe to our patreon because it always helps but that being said thanks for tuning in uh enjoy your summer be safe be smart but above all don't get caught
1: don't get caught see you next time